0: It is a Christmas Eve. I've been told my, by my kids that yesterday is Christmas Adam because today's Christmas Eve. You know what they're just trying to do? They're just trying to get an extra holiday, right? Well, since we're on that word holiday, what does the word holiday mean? Anybody know? Any children know? What is a holiday? Yes? A it's a day free from work. Yes, she's got it, right? Well, that's funny because if you, well, if you grew up in my wife's house, that means you lay carpet on Christmas Day because it's a day free from work. So you can get all your house chores done, right? Well, you're, you're close, but think about the word. It's a day off from work. What else? What's the word? Think about the word. Ben? Holiday. holiday. What is Holiday. It means Holy Day. Very good. See, that's what my kids were trying to do with Adam Day, where Christmas Adam is trying to create a new holiday, a new holy day. What in the world is a holy day? Jim, A day that's set apart. apart. That's right. It's set apart. That's the reason why we can call... Memorial Day, a holiday, because it is a day that is set apart to remember those who sacrificed to preserve us our freedom. So it's a holiday. It's a day set apart. Does it have any significance with Christianity or with God? That's kind of a trick question, isn't it? Well, every day has significance with God and Christianity, but The holiday itself doesn't have any particular connection. Christmas does, though. So holy means to be set apart. That's the reason why it's all worn off my Bible, but my Bible used to say here, holy Bible. If you open it up, it still does say that on the title page, holy Bible. What's that mean? It means a set-apart book. Another word I like to use is special. Another word for holy that I think is good is the word special. So, this is a holy book. It's the Holy Bible. It's a special book, it's a set apart book. Do you know any people who are holy? All right, we've got one person. I'm so glad you know some holy people. Can you give me their names? Jesus, Jesus, that's right. He was holy, He was special. Oh, I have to tell you a story. Any of you ever know the name Harry Ironsides? Harry Ironsides? Okay, so a few hands. He was an old-time preacher of the Moody Memorial Church in Chicago. And he tells a story one time of riding on a train with this little old lady, and they got to talking about the saints. Now... Depending on what your theological background is, when I talk about the saints, you might have different ideas of who the saints are. Well, that was Harry Ironside's why he was so excited about this conversation. Because she, I believe it was, she had a necklace or something, and she was talking about her patron saint and how she prays to her patron saint. And Harry Ironside, he, 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 he loved to be a people person and to tell stories and jokes with people. And he, and he looks at her and he goes, you know, I've actually met a real, live saint. Now, some of you in here know exactly what he's talking about, but this particular lady with her religious background thought that a saint was someone who was already dead, someone who, when they were alive, had performed a miracle. And the church officially declared this person to then be a saint. Now, just so you know, That's not what a saint is. But that is what some religion traditions teach. And this is what this lady had been taught. Meaning that it's someone who was dead, when they were alive they had performed a miracle and the church officially recognized them as a saint. It was a big deal around here several years ago when the founder of Notre Dame was officially declared a saint. Big deal. Well, that was this lady's background. Well, hearing iron say's was sitting on the train talking to her, and he tells her, I have met a real, live saint. And she was really intrigued by this. And she, she kind of perked up and, and said, Ooh. and he says, oh, I'm not just one. I know lots of saints. In fact, I'm one myself. <laughs> and this poor lady just about fell out of her chair. Because in her whole background and tradition, that couldn't be possible. Because he was right there alive. And he declares to her that he himself is a saint. So when I asked you all, do you know any saints? I only got one hand raised and you named Jesus and that was good because he is definitely set apart and he is definitely holy. But did you know that according to the Bible, everyone who believes in Jesus, God sets them apart. He makes them holy as his precious children. So everyone who is believed in Jesus, everyone who is a child of God is a saint. That's why we're said to live, we should live as becometh saints. We to live as though we are set apart, special to God. But we have to have a right view of what a saint is from the Bible, from the Bible, which leads us to another question. Children, are you planning to sing a song later? What's the name of the song you're planning to sing? The Wexford Carol. Yes, the Wexford Carol. Well, around here, we pay close attention to the music we sing. and We want to sing music that's doctrinally sound. And so, before you all started singing this song, it was sent to me and said, we have a question. Does anybody know, any of you kids know, what the question might have been about this song? Oh, there's one, two. Boy, there's a lot of hands. What was the question? Is it okay? Yes, okay. That's a very simple question. But why were people asking? Do you know why? No? Hannah, how about you? Yes. Let me read a phrase to you in here. Just so you know, I'm going to misquote it intentional. Mary, holy, we should pray to God with love. Does that sound doctrinally correct? No, let me read it again. Mary, holy, we should pray to God with love. I misquoted it. And it's really funny because if you look at it, it has one little word on this page kind of, you know how music is kind of layered on top of each other? It's got one little word here, and then it comes up here. Well, I didn't read the word down here to you all. I just started up here and started reading. Well, you know what it actually says? It says, with Mary Holy, we should pray to God with love. Do you see how that one little word changes everything? You see, we don't pray to Mary, but you know, I think it's perfectly good for us to pray with Mary because she put forth a prayer that is absolutely beautiful. And that prayer is a model all of us can pray. We can pray with Mary. And is it right to call Mary, Mary holy? It's not a trick question. See, we are so, because of false doctrine and false teaching, sometimes we're nervous about things we shouldn't be nervous. You ever notice that? I'll speak for myself. Sometimes we get uncomfortable about certain doctrines because the doctrine has been so corrupted by false doctrine. I'll give you just a few of them. Some people are uncomfortable talking about the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit. Some people are uncomfortable talking about saints and what it means to be a saint because there are false doctrines about these things. But you know, we have to be really careful Not to allow false doctrine to steal from us true doctrine. Right? False doctrine can't steal from us true doctrine. It's perfectly appropriate for us to refer to Mary as holy. Just like it would be perfectly appropriate for us to refer to any Christian as holy. Any Christian as a saint. In fact, actually, maybe we should do it a little bit more often to always keep it in our minds that we are set apart. We are special to God. Therefore, we should live lives that are separate, lives that are special to God. And so, Hannah, she nailed it. She narrowed into it, it's that little phrase with Mary holy, we should pray to God with love this Christmas day. What did Mary pray that we should join her in? Let's look. Let's take our Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, in beginning in verse 46. Sometimes this is called, the, called Mary's Magnificat. What that means is that these are the words of Mary where she is declaring God to be magnificent, glorious, wonderful, and amazing. And when we read her prayer, indeed, we can sing this carol that says, with Mary, we pray to God in love this Christmas day. The first thing to make clear is who is Mary praying to? Even in the song. In the song, who does it say Mary is praying to? Hannah? To God. That's right. Should we ever pray to Mary, yes or no? No. No. It's really important for us to know that. We don't pray to Mary. We pray to God. By the way, just like Mary did. Just like Mary did. So we pray with her. What did she say? Luke 2, I like to read it all, and then we'll look at a few things special in this prayer. I'm sorry, Luke 1, verse 46. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God, my Savior. For he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth, all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent Empty away he have hope in his servant Israel, in remembrance of his mercy, as he spake to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed for ever. Mary lifted up and she magnified God. What is so sad is in the society and world as time has gone by throughout the centuries. Some people have magnified Mary above God. And that's very sad. Mary would not have liked that. She would not like that. The very first words of her prayer was to magnify God. She doesn't want people to see her, even though she acknowledges that everywhere people will see her and call her blessed. And by the way, at the same time, we're being very careful not to worship or to pray to Mary We still call her blessed because she was. And we have to be honest about that. She was blessed. But she was not some things that people make her out to be. She was just a woman. She was just a human being. Always was. And even now, today, though she be in heaven, waiting for her glorified body, she's still a human. She has never been God, and she never will be God. She is a human just like us, and she is one who sees God and wants God to be lifted up. You know, Mary also had another problem, just like all of us. She too was a sinner. How do I know that? Well, I know that doctrinally. What's that mean? I know that because I've been taught that from the Bible. Have you been taught that she was a sinner from the Bible, doctrinally? Is there a truth? Does anybody know any verses that can tell us that Mary was a sinner just like the rest of us? Ben? That's right, Ben. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That includes Mary. You know another way we know that Mary was a sinner? It's right here in her prayer. Can you look at her prayer and see if you get any hints that Mary is acknowledging that she was a sinner? It's an indirect hint. You see anything? It's in verse 47. What's she say about her God? What's she call him? Call it out. Say it out. Savior. Yes. Notice she says, my Savior. You see, Mary was a sinner who needed to be saved just like me and just like you. She needed to be saved. And she looks to God, and she knew that God was her Savior. So is it appropriate to call her Mary holy? I just now said, can you call a sinner someone holy? Oh, that's a hard one, isn't it? But not so. Holy remember means to be set apart. Look what she deals with this word with holy. Verse 48, she speaks of God regarding her lowest state. That means she's just a maid. She's just a servant girl. She's basically saying, I am no one special. Behold, though, she says, from henceforth, that means from this time to all generations, including this generation, people will call her blessed. And we do. She was the mother that God chose to bring his son, eternal son Jesus, into the human race and then if you look here she says about god and she says that holy is his name that's in verse 49 isn't it she says holy is his name and then she speaks of his mercy and all them that fear him from generation to generation do you fear god mary did then you will receive his mercy even though how many generations away from mary have we been lots and lots and lots but we can receive his mercy as we fear him. She said that God is holy. Do you know another doctrinal verse that talks about God is holy and then talks about us being holy? Anybody know any verses? Very good. Be ye holy, God says, for I am holy. We live a set apart, a special life because God is set apart and he is special. And here Mary is recognizing this truth about God. Isn't that exciting? So some key things here to think about Mary is she is indeed truly blessed and we call her blessed from every generation. She, too, needed a Savior, and she believed that God was her Savior. So, too, can every one of us, or should every one of us. And she, as a believer, was set apart. She was holy. Every one of us should be set apart and holy. Now, let's take a few minutes and think about praying. A few minutes ago, I asked you, should we pray to Mary? And you all said no. Now, i'm glad to hear you all said no but you know i have some friends some very dear friends who pray to mary every day or they think they pray to mary every day it's actually really sad it's really sad a few years ago we were driving through uh coming from illinois and we passed by this little park on the side of the road that was the um it was the Stations of the Cross, and it had some sculpture park. It's a sculpture park there. And so we thought, we'll stop here and we'll check this out. And apart from only one of those sculptures, it's actually a very, very um, sentimentally special t- a walk of remembering the passion of Christ. There was only one sculpture that was some, had some theological air. Otherwise, it was mostly an expansion of the passion of Christ extra-biblical, meaning that outside of what the Bible describes, but theologically accurate, except for one little part. But we went through this all, and it was really special to think about Christ and to think about Jesus. You guys remember this? And then there was this little chapel. You guys remember the chapel? And we went into this little chapel, and were you all horrified? Why? Elijah, can you describe what can you come up here on the stage and show everyone what we saw someone doing in that room? There were two people, so I'll do it with you. Come, 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 come! Now he's laughing, but it was actually he wasn't laughing the day we saw it. We walked into that room. There was this little, little looked like a little church. We opened up the door and we had no idea what we were going to find, and we stepped in, and this is what we saw. We saw two people I think it was two, two or three. That's what we saw. Now, is there anything wrong with that? Yes or no. No. In fact, sometimes when I pray, that's about the way I feel sometimes. There's nothing wrong with that. But you know what was on the wall right in front of them? It was about a 30-foot wall with an idol that was supposed to depict Mary. Was that horrifying? We're standing there, and the room is stone quiet. The, the, the idol was like a... Um, tiles on a wall I think like a uh, mosaic of tiles and my, my children are standing there and it's this all hard surfaces and they say doesn't the Ten Commandments say you're not supposed to worship any other gods and this little child's voice echoes through this little room that's how the daddy felt but then at the same time I thought it's true it's true it was true and it was so sad it was so sad you see Mary is blessed among women and we do bless her and she was holy for she was set apart to God as special both to be the mother of Jesus but also because she was one of his children she was a believer But she's not one that we worship and she's not someone that we pray to and what was happening in that little room was indeed a group of two or three people i forget exactly how many who were worshiping and who were praying this to this image of mary oh some of you are horrified by that and i'm glad that you are horrified and my children were horrified but you realize there are millions of people around this world who do not understand that truth. Last week, if you're here in the afternoon, Virgil showed a picture. Did you see that picture of the idol shop? Did you see that picture of the idol shop? Um, on the outside, there was a Buddha, and then it was an idol shop of all different idols from all different religions all around the world. And in one of the rooms, they had mixed in with all the Hindu idols and the Buddhist idols and the occultic even idols. They had a crucifix. And then they had a whole wall of saints. I feel sorry for those people who are called saints, those who were true believers. Saints. Well, they were little idols of depicting different people who were supposedly people you could pray to, and it was all Christian. I'm doing that in air quotes. It was supposedly Christian, and it was totally not God's way. Some people will tell you, well, there is the patron saint of lost causes. My wife tells a story in in college when it was finals week, and she had a classmate. She was at Notre Dame here. And she had a classmate who received a package from her mother just before finals week. And she opened it up, and it was, this, it was a necklace, right? It was a little necklace. And it was a necklace of the saint of lost causes. Now, you're all laughing, but I actually suspect that the mother sent this to her in sincerity. Yeah, she sent it to her in sincerity to you you think all your all is lost and you have no hope in these exams well here is a little here's a little person that you can pray to that will help you through your exams oh you have the the baker's patron saint because you know only a baker would understand the difficulties and trials supposedly of a baker So when you're having problems, you can pray to this baker saint. Oh, no. Do you know any verses that tell us a better way, or may I say the only way? Any verses in the Bible about how and who we pray to? Elijah? We cast all our care upon him, for he careth for you. Who's the him? Is it the baker? It's it's the patron saint of the baker's. Oh, it's the patron saint of mathematics, right faith? <laughs> Who is it? God. It's God. That's right. It's God. You know, you may be tempted sometimes and I'm going to say tempted to see feel and think, "Well, God just doesn't understand." He doesn't understand. Do you know any verses that tell us that that's not true? Do you know any verses, Virgil? That's right. Would you take your Bibles and let's do a sword drill. Put your Bibles up in the air. We're going to do a sword drill. It is. Here's the reference. I'm going to say it, you repeat it, and then I'm going to say charge and you find it. Hebrews 4.15. Say that with me. Hebrews 4.15. Charge. Stand up and read it loud for us, please. Who is this jim do you know jesus. that's right this is jesus how do we know that well let's look at the verse before hebrews 4 14 seeing i think that's an interesting word because we walk not by sight but by faith but we can still see this by faith seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens jesus the son of god let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest that cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And that little word need there put anything. You can put baking problems. You can put mathematic problems. You can put lost causes. You can put anything. In time of need, he's the one who's there. And it says he was tempted like as we are for to sin, yet never he did without sin. He had problems and difficulties. He had pain. He had weakness. Huh the omnipotent, almighty, powerful God had weakness? Yes, because he became one of us. That's what we celebrate at Christmas, is that he became one of us. And that's why he can be this great high priest. A priest is one who goes between man and God. There's another word we use for that. Anybody know any other verses that talk about going between man and God? She nailed it. Flipping your Bibles over to 1 Timothy chapter 2, and we look at verse 5. But it's all in the context of prayer. We are to pray. In fact, Paul writes Timothy in 1 Timothy 2.1, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority. That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, Jesus. Did I just add it? Well, let's keep going. Who will have all men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. So who is the one man between God and men? Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus. But look at that a little closer. It's more than just Christ Jesus. What else title did he get? See, Jesus is the name he was given, which means Jehovah saves, right? Christ is the Greek word, which means Messiah, anointed one, chosen one. We could even say special one. So we have Christ Jesus, but there's another title given him. What is it? Do you see it? Yes, he's given the title mediator. I wasn't even thinking that one, but yes, that's really important. A mediator is one who goes between when we have a hard time communicating, we need a mediator, someone who can help us communicate, go between two parties. But there's another, another title given him. Look at the verse, read it. Let's read it together, let's find it. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men. The man, Christ Jesus. Wow. Now, he never ceased to be God, but he did become a man. And you know what that means? That means there's no need for any patron saint. There never was, because he is one of us. He was a man, he was a human being, but yet he's also God, and he's that mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. This is the reason why it is so, so sad to to pray through anyone else. I use the word sad. I really should be stronger. It's blasphemy. It's blasphemy. What's blasphemy? It's something that is really bad when it's our relationship with God. You see, when we have Jesus Christ, the one, look who it says about him, he's the one who redeemed us he gave himself a ransom for us. He's the one who died for us. How why how could we even think of praying to or through anyone else? It's all about Jesus. Now be gracious when you meet people. In fact, you might even be given gifts of patron saints. Be careful how you respond but speak truth with grace when it's appropriate but certainly be always ready to teach that's why it was in that time we went into that little chapel I wouldn't have chosen that as the appropriate time but I'm thankful to God that the truth spoke through one of my children and it was simply a scripture verse stated I don't know if it made any difference in that room but How do we, what do we? First and foremost, let us rejoice and take full advantage of the truth that we can pray to God through Jesus Christ, the God-man. No need for any patron saints. No need for any other mediators or go-betweens. Jesus is sufficient in it all. And you know what? I believe that Mary believed that too. So that's why when we sing this carol later, children, it is with Mary. Mary holy, we should pray to God, not to Mary. Just like Mary did, we pray to God with love this Christmas day. We have a privilege to come directly to our God for whatever... We need whenever we need it because Jesus Christ is that one who gave himself for us to save us and he is in the heavenlies there, there interceding, praying for us and then he's also mediating between us and God. Wow. So let's us this Christmas Eve morn, Pray to God with love. Let's pray. Great God, may you be lifted up. May you be exalted this day. We join with Mary in praying for your exaltation in singing and giving lips, speaking words from our lips of praise for you are magnificent. We are but your lowly servants. May we humbly walk with you. May we humbly know you. May you be glorified and exalted in us. Holy is your name. And you've commanded us to be holy as you are holy. Oh, that's not possible in and of ourselves. But when we consider that we can be filled with all the fullness of God, that we have the indwelling, living Holy Spirit living inside of us, we know that we are holy. And not only holy before you as you see us, but we can be holy in what we do. Help us to do that for your glory and for your honor. Thank you for redeeming us. Thank you for being holy our Savior. Lord Jesus, thank you for becoming a man. Thank you for being our mediator. We praise you this day as we worship and love you. It's in your name that I pray. Amen.